This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Team you hate playing against? Yeah, uh, yeah I guess fucking auto, I guess. <laughs> We're a team. Hey guys, it's Shane. Welcome back to another episode of the Frozen Biscuit Podcast, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So on today's episode, we're going to talk, obviously, the full kind of week of hockey where we've had three games since Thursday, starting with Arizona, a win against Arizona, Uh, then we played Toronto on Saturday and we ended up losing, and then a win on Sunday weird six o'clock start against Dallas but we won in overtime so you know three straight home games we got three more and we're two two one and oh so far in the three games on the homestand we'll also talk a little bit about Chris Phillips's retirement possible new jerseys on the way and what to expect for the rest of the season so that's the episode we're gonna jump right into it Uh, so we'll start off obviously with the Arizona game it wasn't the prettiest of games when it came to oh you know defensive play there was a lot of turnovers a lot of sloppy play especially in the defensive end Led to a couple of scoring chances. Uh, Obviously, we got on the board quick. Nemesnikov and Kachuk got us the two early goals in the first period. And that's all we needed to win, really. Paul got finally on the board after his no-goal incident. His no-goal incident against Colorado. He gets one against... Uh, Arizona hits off the shoulder of Ranta and over and into the net. So some little good karma for him finally. So I'm I'm happy about that. And Hogberg played relatively well actually. He played really good. The second goal, uh, I he had to have it. He should have had it. And you know it's probably one. That's probably one where he wants back, which, you know, he's a young goalie. He's probably getting tired. He hasn't played this much this often uh, since coming over from Europe. A lot of the American Hockey League games are Saturday or Friday through Sunday. So three games, you, you probably play two of them. Uh, you probably play the Friday and the Sunday and then you're off between Monday and Thursday before you're back playing again on the Friday. So you have time to adjust. I mean, the travel's more, like, is worse in the American Hockey League due to, you know, you're traveling by bus instead of plane. But overall, I think he's done really well, and that's probably one of the few games where the only thing 
uh, negative has been that one goal. Uh, looking into the actual game itself, we played a pretty decent game. I think the guy that stood out to me the most was Batherson. He had a good amount of chances. Could have put it into the net a couple of times. Just wasn't able to capitalize. Kind of sucks on that end. But it is what it is. And you can't really complain about it. You just kind of... Looking into the game against Arizona. We got outshot. But not by much. It was definitely a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Or I thought it was. Honestly. It was 34 to 31. We won the faceoff percentage from 52% to 48. Uh, they had one power play goal. We were 0-3. We had 34 hits and 32 blocks compared to their 20 hits and 12 blocks. But we gave it up. We gave it up. We gave away the puck 16 times, and that's not acceptable. No matter who you are, or what team you're playing but you know it was an overall good game Batherson, Tierney, Shabbat Brown and then Nisimov all got points as well on top of the three goal scorers so I think it was a relatively good game obviously it puts a kink into things for Arizona who have been hanging on to that last wild card spot which honestly at this time of year you want to be doing that kind of damage and sending a message being like hey we may not be in the playoffs but we can still ruin yours and they need the points more than Ottawa does especially with how close the Pacific Division is so Ottawa gets to go into Friday with a victory and two points and then they play Ottawa or they play Toronto on the Saturday which honestly if you watch the first period you and didn't look at the score you probably would think Ottawa deserved a better fate which is true they definitely deserved more than what they got. And, you know, I'm expecting uh, a rebound. I was expecting, you know, a better effort from Toronto than what we got. And it was unfortunate. It was disappointing that we weren't able to get it. Or they, well... Like, it's disappointing that Ottawa put in such an effort. And it's a slap in the face because of, you know, Toronto, I think, takes Ottawa lightly. They think, oh, they're going to roll over and die. And that's not the case. And, you know, it makes the games interesting, but also kind of insulting. Also, I'm going to go into a little bit of a rant here. If... You are a Melnick out supporter. I don't want to hear a single word about Toronto fans buying game, like the tickets to the Sens games in Ottawa 
and turning the arena into a sea of blue. I don't want to hear it. I don't care why you have to say, but if you're going to continue with this Melnick out stuff, expect more of it. Because why should they uh, keep or hold tickets for fan base who doesn't appreciate, doesn't want to buy tickets, can't, you know, can't afford tickets per se, uh, or can't be, you know, can't uh, deem wasting money on tickets. That's what happens because there's no reason for them to be like, hmm, marquee game. Maybe we should hold it, hold it for uh, possibly one one game. Like okay, where were you? Like only if you're in the Ottawa area. If your credit card or Visa debit is Ottawa area postal code uh, given, then up to a month and a half before that game. You, if you're out of that market, you can't buy tickets. And he, Melnick and, and co have no reason to, to do it because we're not going to go to games. So why should he and the team bother making sure that they have a sea of red when it comes to a Toronto game when they don't even know if their own fans are going to buy tickets? And you could say, oh, that was that's his own fault. But this isn't the case in this situation because it's been a problem for years. Before this whole Melnick out situation, you couldn't, you know, if you didn't buy them right away, you probably weren't going. They, It's cheaper for Toronto fans to go to a game in Ottawa than it is to go to a game in Toronto. And that's the messed up part. That shouldn't be the case. That shouldn't happen. It's uh, kind of disturbing and uh, unfortunate that that's the case. But so be it. It is. There's really nothing we can do about it. So we'll just have to learn that unless you want to buy tickets, it will be a sea of blue for every home game for the Senators when they face the Maple Leafs. Like, they play in the middle of, or mid to late March, and I would expect, I would expect the same thing of another Sea of Blue in Ottawa, where it should be a Sea of Red. Uh, One thing I gotta say outside of that is I understand the, the anger and the unease with Melnick I do but when you're not going to games and still watching them on TV he's still making money still makes money no matter if you go to a game or if you watch a game on TV he is still making his money so why should he care anyways that's the end of the rant back on topic of this actually being a very good game for the Senators outside of probably the first five to ten minutes of the second period where they allowed Toronto to to, to dictate play. 
and it cost them in the net when they couldn't clear the puck and Toronto was dominating the offensive zone. But, you know, they came back. Hogberg got pulled rightfully or wrongfully. I'm not sure. I think it was wrongfully, but at the same time, understandable. His play wasn't bad at all. The team needed a spark, and that was the best way to do it. Uh, it was, uh, and it worked. Uh, Connor Brown got on the board to make it 3 1. And then about less than five minutes later, uh, Cody Gullibov scored his first of the season uh, to, to bring the game back to one. And unfortunately, they weren't able to capitalize on their chances. And Ottawa ended up losing four to, to two with a Marner empty netter sealing the deal. And then we end Valentine's Day weekend with a 6 p.m. start for the Ottawa Senators against the Dallas Stars. Uh, Weird start time, especially since we played last night. The only benefit was Dallas also played last night against Montreal And that game almost went into a shootout. There was like a minute 20 left when uh, I think it was Seguin put the game away with a really nice move and backhand. But we ended up playing Dallas on Sunday, Anderson got the start in net, which I was kind of disappointed about. I figured it would have been great for Hogberg to get back in and start, but at the same time, I can understand as it's like, a, oh, he's probably tired, so may as well just keep him uh, rested. Uh I'm not sure if they'll give him the start against Buffalo with the way that Anderson played against Dallas. So looking at the Dallas game, uh, they came back really in one. Uh, they were down one nothing. Uh, Klingberg opened the scoring with 3:03 to start in the first period. Uh, Pajot and Kachuk had two goals. Uh, one was a power play. Kachuk had the the primary assist on Pajot's power play goal to get the game tied up. And then uh, with just under two minutes to go, Kachuk pops it open to the empty net off of a beautiful backhand feed from Duclair. Uh, and Peugeot gets the, the secondary assist on that goal. Shabbat had the secondary assist on the first goal. Uh, Steven Johns ties the game up uh, 33 seconds later. So we're going to the second period tied to 2 uh, There's no goals in the second. You're heading to the third tied at 2 And Tyler Ennis, of course, unassisted, breaks the deadlock at 
basically the the 10 minute mark at 9:59 of the third period and about a good like about 5 minutes later Joe Pavelski uh assisted by Tyler Sagan and Miro Hiskinen uh got the assists on the tying goal for Dallas and then uh Anisimov got the game winner at 3:48 of overtime assisted by Kachuk. So Kachuk's 3-point night elevates the Senators over the Stars which y'all always like to see. Always like to see a home win, especially now when they've been few and far in between. Uh, Peugeot had two, Ennis and Isimov, Duclair had one, Shabbat had one. So, not an overly uh, busy night. Uh, Sakara, Fadin, Kivi, Ranta were the scratches for Dallas. England, Borowiecki, Borowicki, depends on who you ask, uh, and Bodker were the scratches for Ottawa uh, on Sunday night. Again, not a bad game. We outshot them 46-39. to 39. Lost the face-offs 54-46. Uh, we were 1-for-2 on the power play. Didn't give the Stars any, uh, any power play chance. Uh, the only penalty Ottawa took was a two-minute embellishment call on Kachuk uh, after Corey Perry hooked him and hit or miss. 29 hits and nine blocks, but 12 giveaways. So got to limit the giveaways and continue hitting. Uh, Kachuk had seven of those hits, registered at least, uh, concerning thing, I mean, Batherson needs to hit more. Uh, you know, Duclair and Paul both had three hits a pop. Batherson only had two. Kudobin played really, really well and gave, uh, gave Dallas a chance to win all night. Uh, but thankfully, Ottawa finally got some puck luck. Because they definitely deserved it. But with that being said, you know, they have to move forward to to Buffalo. And Buffalo's coming off a very big win against the Maple Leafs. So they are going to be excited about that. So we got to take them seriously and can't get caught napping. But... There's also a high energy game with the fact that uh, Chris Phillips finally gets his number four retired to the rafters at the CTC, becoming the second modern day senator to get his number retired beside number 11, Daniel Alfredson. It's suiting, I would expect, over the next three to four years to see Chris Neal end up uh, in the rafters. 
those three definitely deserve it. They longtime senators, longtime captains, longtime fan favorites. They deserve to go on as numbers not to ever be worn again. Uh, Phillips was a stay-at-home defenseman. Wasn't very much uh, as a very big contributor offensively, but definitely was your shutdown guy. Him and Volchenkov in the early, mid-2000s, Redden and Chera, those were the top four in Ottawa and probably one of the best top fours you've we've seen in the NHL. Uh, you know, Volchenkov and, and Phillips would just beat on people. They would hit them. They wouldn't, Volchenkov would never be scared to block a shot. Uh, I think he blocked one with his face a couple of times. But overall, I think it's about time. It's well-deserved, and I'm glad it's finally happening. You knew no one, even if they didn't retire his number, it would be a very, very long time before another player wore it because it's just one of those numbers that is synonymous with Ottawa, with Ottawa hockey, uh, and with the Senators, really. And I think that's where number 25 for Chris Phil- uh, Chris Neal is going to end up because of that. Is that, yeah, his numbers may not deem Hall of Fame worthy, but for his contribution to the team on and off the ice especially on the ice. I think that 2017 series against the Rangers definitely changed momentum when he entered the the series and we were able to win it. Unfortunately, we didn't get all the way. But overall, I think those are the four that we should see in the rafters. Started with uh, Alfredson and now it's Phillips and hopefully it'll be Neil over the next couple of years but uh, one thing I I've heard is if you bought tickets you or like new tickets not old tickets you are eligible for a bobblehead they're giving away a couple of stuff for the game uh, I might be mistaken but I think it's five dollar beer on on the game against Buffalo, so that should be fun. Uh, the new Jim Lee, Jim Jim Little, uh, Jim Little, the C, the new CEO of the Senators is trying to bring back a lot of the crowds and trying to make it friendly and inviting and affordable. So I think five dollar beers in this market is the perfect way to finish up and or you know finish up the month get people excited and I'm excited to see what happens with this team uh trade deadline is around the corner we've seen some big deals for players under contract uh in the Zuccarello and to Pittsburgh and the Coleman to uh, 
Tampa Bay where these guys are under contract next year and they're getting a good return. So I'm not sure if that's the indication on where the league is going in terms of compensation compared when you're comparing a guy who has one year left or compared to no years left. Uh, what's the, the, the cap on a rental player in this market compared to a player under contract so it's going to be interesting it's going to be uh, a lot of fun to talk about I think Pajot is most likely on the move and or will most likely be on the move if there's a deal that is suitable for not just the team but for him and not just for him but for the team so I'm excited to see I think a lot of fans should be I wouldn't get too attached to any of the players soon because there will be some new faces come to Tuesday after the deadline. Or hell, after 3 p.m. on deadline day, I think there's going to be some new faces. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be trades. It's going to be players being called up like Norris and Formentin, Abramoff, to name a few. So it's going to be an extra exciting couple, like a week and a half. But with that being said, uh, we're going to cut it a little bit short today. Uh, I've been having some technical di- technical difficulties with, uh, with some of the stuff, so I'm going to cut it short. Uh, I appreciate you guys for listening to my long rant today. Uh, no break in the middle of it, unfortunately. But I hope you guys enjoyed. If you haven't had a chance to check, uh, if you want... We go into a little bit of depth. You hear my rants about a couple of things uh, on the Devil's Advocate podcast with Corey from Bayou Benders. Uh, but again, guys, you can find me at uh, Frozen Biscuit ninety two on Twitter. And again, uh, I'm part of uh, Devil's Advocates podcast with Corey from the Bayou Benders. So take a listen to that. Uh, we'll probably be talking more draft over the next couple weeks on both episodes. So st- stay tuned and uh, have a great one, guys. Hey, hockey fans. If you're like me, you have a couple of plain jerseys hanging in your closet, no name or number. But I got a solution for you where you can get whatever name, whatever number you want from any jersey. Visit my friends Chris and Kevin at Customized Sports for all your customization needs. They have hundreds of teams available for purchase at their eBay store. They're shipping out of Toronto. If you can't find what you're looking for, message them and they'll try to accommodate you. Visit their store on eBay at ebaystores.com slash customized sports. Or you can catch them on Reddit at username u slash customized dash sports.